and we're live. What's going on? My name is Brandon with Athena. I'm here with Alex and Henry, two facility advisors. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Good. Hey. Who's, whose idea was it to wake up at 7, or be here at 7.30 this morning? You all know that answer. That's yeah, Brandon. Yeah, definitely wasn't you. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, we're going to get go over here. I mean, facility advisors is a new, I guess, uh, kind of terminology or a new thing in the in the in the high in in the industry especially for nutrient programs yeah so nobody's ever done it um we're, we're kind of the first to kind of pioneer that mm-hmm. um you know alex what you know my first question for you is like what what is a facility advisor and what's your day-to-day look like uh facility advisor is really there to support the grower um uh, and the lp basically from you know seed to harvest um you know transferring from their current nutrient line over to uh athena and the program um just because it is it is designed and structured a little bit differently uh than uh, organic nutrient line um so we're really there to work side by side with the end user to make sure there are no issues and if there are issues we could fix those issues literally overnight uh instantly um, and, you know, get them on the Athena program is, uh, is what we're there to do. What are the, what are the biggest issues you're seeing out in the field right now? Um, I mean, the biggest issues really come down to the pro line and just using, using it at a higher EC. Um, you know, there's definitely, uh, you know, a lot of guys are stuck in their ways, which is, not a bad thing um, for for most situations. When it comes to the pro line, um, using it at lower EC levels, you know, one five to one seven, even two EC, um, we see deficiencies within ten to fourteen days. If you know, sometimes we see it in a week, um, just because it's it was designed to be used, you know, at three EC, um, a much higher level. So. You know, that's where we come into play is to just support the grower um, right off the bat so there are no issues. And it goes beyond nutrients, too. You know, SOPs at the facility, uh, pest management, um, fertigation systems, irrigation. I mean, we could get deep, but, you know, we're there to really just uh, have a support system to rely on. Bounce ideas, confirm things, deny things, um, you know. But again, back to... Uh, just running running the pro line uh, at the proper levels is is one of the bigger issues in the beginning, um, but we we typically get through that uh, you know within the first couple weeks. <laughs> no, I've ran into it quite a few times um, when you're telling a customer or a, or a client to to feed their brand new rooted clones 1,400 parts per million at 700 scale, or you know even 2,100 parts per million. It's they they think you're crazy. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I could take a two inch tall rooted clone. Uh, goes into you know, you drop it in a, a cocoa block. Or I'm sorry, a Rockwell block or a one gallon cocoa pot. You know, and I've done a lot of the testing. You know, I'll hit it at 2100 ppm three EC day one, and it's 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 what it likes. It's what it really requires. Um, and then also it. it Starting it that young, uh, at that level, you're almost programming the clone, programming the plant, you know, that this is, this is your diet, this is your food, this is the starting point, you know, let's build from here. Um, so it's, it, it's getting a little bit deeper, but it's, uh, it's what the plant wants. It's, you know, shaving, you know, seven to 10 days off of veg. Um, it's really streamlining the whole facility, you know, from clone to harvest, um, which is a lot of changes that we needed in the industry, I feel. Um, and, you know, the plants are reacting to it in a way that we really haven't seen with any liquid organic line. Yeah. So, Henry, you're you're the college educated one on the team, right? <laughs> you, you have the, the no, agri- I don't know. <laughs> the, the, the agriculture background yeah. you, you you know the the t- the you can blend your own salt blends you mm-hmm. you know you know it from top to bottom you know the raw ingredients you test the raw ingredients yeah. you qc every single raw ingredient that 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 goes into any mix of athena mm-hmm. why like why can you hit athena 
at 2100 parts per million at a brand new rooted clone or you know 1400 to 2100 parts that's crazy right but why like what what makes it different what makes it different i mean i mean because you I mean you it, if you if you said hey we're gonna hit the normal hydro regiment whatever nutrient line it is if we're like hey we're gonna hit at 2100 parts per million what would happen depends it depends on which one but if if it had you know uh, more ammonium or it had a more specific chemical that would burn the plants it could burn the plants at those levels okay and the proline was designed with less ammonium in it um plenty of nitrate for your plants and it's designed to be at 3ec it's sort of perfect nutrition for the plant okay if you took another one that was more concentrated and tried to try to feed it the levels could be different but it would it, it would all be dependent on what the breakdown is in that nutrient what it would cause but i know because i know what's in athena i know that the levels are correct right around 3ec so i know i can push it to there and i've pushed it a lot further i have a background coming from bell peppers and tomatoes where we push stuff to 680c and so i didn't have the background of, of caution that you got from the cannabis world because you had a lot of that. If you have a lower quality fertilizer, it's got impurities in it. Um, it's got more ammonium because nitrogen comes in several forms. You know, um, if you've got more ammonical nitrogen in there, that's what'll burn a plant. And so, and that's cheaper to buy. That's a cheaper input. Okay. So if you have a cheaper nutrient line and they put this type of nitrogen in it and you force it into your plants, you can burn your plants. Okay. And so, all of ours are designed around, you know, something that you can push the EC levels without having those detrimental effects. And in the first part of cannabis, all the nutrients were just sort of what they could get a hold of. You know, you were <laughs> grabbing Miracle Grow, whatever you needed to to do when when the when the cannabis you know movement kind of started and people were sharing advice about fertilizers. The big caution was don't feed it too much because they knew four people that had fed stuff too much and burned their plant. Well, they were feeding them the wrong thing. Okay. Yeah. And on tomatoes and on peppers, I came from a background where, you know, nobody feeds enough, always fixing it instead of doing all of this, trying to figure out what deficiency is causing some yellowing in your plant, just feed it more EC because then you're giving it more calcium, more magnesium, two of the most common deficiencies. Like, I don't care if I'm a commercial grower, like I don't need to sit there and figure out exactly which micronutrient or whatever is causing my deficiency just turn up the volume i just push more of all of them and if that fixes it it's just fixed yeah. it's not a, we're, we're trying to to be really pragmatic about what's going to give you the best result with the least amount of effort and so proline was designed around being able to push these levels and also make it cheap for you and not a lot of parts like we don't have eight different parts because really what happened in the past was the nutrient companies would take this one bag that we've all always been using on the commercial hydroponic side, we've been using a two-part mix, you know, mix ourselves into two parts just like this, you know? Yeah. Um, and they took those and took each little part out of there and made a new bottle so they could sell you a new thing. They made it harder for the grower, okay? And we're trying to come the other the direction. Opposite. We're trying to do Make the opposite. It, yeah. Put it all in one thing. So you can say, when you're the head grower and you got 20 employees, you can say, hey, you, mix up that you know, batch of Athena for me and not be worried that he's going to put too much of this one little bit, too much of that. It's very simple. This much weight, this much per gallon, put it in there, you know, mix it up. Yeah. There's not water in it. You're not shipping around water. So, you know, it's all designed with, you know, from growers who have to do it every day and have done it every day. It's not just to try to push the bottom line. Yeah. Not trying to make more money yeah. just focused on creating success simplifying the process yeah now i always like to you know we always say at athena it's like it's not about it being the biggest it's not about it's about being the best and i think with the best you know everything else will come you know um uh, henry what's your day-to-day i mean you i know you you're a facility advisor you know on the greenhouse side um but what's your what's your day to day on on quality control? Because because you're in charge of our quality control. I mean, what what does that process look like, and and what do you do? Day to day, I come in here and and I do multiple things that are related to the supply chain as well as quality control. So 
So we'll just start at the beginning. Basically, these, these powders in the powdered pro line are made up of multiple different ingredients. Everybody knows, you know, calcium, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium. They come in various forms and they're all different inputs that get blended in a specific way to, to, to our recipe, okay? And so from the beginning, what I do is I test every one of those inputs individually. I work with Chris Duran, who runs our manufacturing group. He used to run UC Davis's research greenhouse program, their whole fertilizer program. So lots of knowledge um, from selecting these inputs that go into our fertilizer, you know. And what I'm finding out, the more I do this, is that I don't think everybody else is doing this. Because I go, instead of saying, okay, I'll take this blend and, and just put it in, I say, okay, send me your potassium nitrate or whatever the, the input is that goes into our product and I'll have four different suppliers send me four different like here look how good our stuff is packages of their input and then we'll do a clarity test on it as well as send it to an independent lab for for verification and I'm I was very surprised to see that uh, there's there's wide variance in these these inputs that you can put into the fertilizer and so we quality test every input before it even gets considered to be put into the mix Okay, so I'm, I'm running these quality control checks and running purity tests as well as chemical analysis on all the inputs that go in. Then I manage the supply chain, buying all of those inputs and getting them to the manufacturing plant. All right. And then once it's manufactured, then we quality control test it again. Okay. During the manufacturing process, samples are taken and sent to the lab um, as high a frequency as daily. Um, we are running in there and grabbing a sample, sending part of it to Chris Durand, and he does a, a clarity test and an in-house test, as well as we send to an independent laboratory for verification. And then that's all put into spreadsheets and kept in-house so that if, God forbid, there were an issue, we could locate that batch and immediately sequester it and make sure that it didn't get to anybody. Yeah. Okay? Before, before you know, the big thing is before any Athena gets shipped out, it has a full lab analysis verified by two individuals you and chris duran before it's shipped out to the customer i think that's we you know that's yeah. why if we ever get a call like hey there's something we think there's something wrong with your batch i know that's not our batch um can you kind of go through some of the those experiences on sure. customers sure. that hey you know something's wrong with your batch i'm getting yeah so that's it's it's much like like running a grow, you know, every day you're going to run in there and there's going to be some new problem that you have to do in addition to the rest of your work. So now everybody's growing. The whole country that uses Athena is now my problem too. Okay. So if people call up and they send videos like, oh, what's this? What's this? And, and so I have to go through and quality control why whatever issue they're seeing is happening. A, a big one we see is somebody will accidentally mix the core and the bloom concentrates in concentrated form, which will cause precipitation of the calcium to the bottom. And there's like all this white stuff in their bloom and what's wrong with your fertilizer? And we can, then I'll go to Chris Duran. I'll say, Hey, look at this video. And Chris Duran goes, Oh, in my research department, my assistants would mess that up weekly. That's probably somebody put core in with their bloom. And so then we'll go through that. We'll, We'll look at that and we'll recreate in the lab. We'll recreate an experiment where we mix X amount of bloom in with the core and voila, it looks exactly the same. We'll get that nutrient and that stuff that was in that person's tank. We'll have them send it to us. Then we send that to the lab and then have a verification. In that one, the calcium is in the core and there's no calcium in the, in the bloom. So we got calcium from that test and we proved that it was, it was an accident. And, it's, and, and for us, what we do is we go every time there's one of these, even though I'm very confident because I've tested the inputs, then I've tested the fertilizer, um, still, like, I go through every one of those and do the science behind it and prove that it was not the fertilizer's fault. Because if it was fertilizer's fault, we would do something to help the client. And then touch on uh, what's our issue we had last week with our starting water um, yeah. With that client. Yeah. Another, so another thing we're running into. So, and, and that's the thing is that here it's, it's not just me doing this. Like I can show it to 
Alex, who's run multiple grows. I could, I can send it to Roach. I can send it to Ivan. You know, I can say, look at this. And it's the, it's the wealth of experience of everybody here that goes into helping solve what those were. Like there's another case where, um, you know, somebody was getting some weird sediment in their, in their end reservoir tank before it went, but we weren't getting it in the concentrate tanks. Okay. So their reservoir for bloom was having some sediment in it. I was like, what that could that be? Well, you backtrack, you go, it's not concentrated. So in the concentrate, there's no problem, but in the water, there's a problem. So that means that there's more new, there's more water than there is nutrient. So the water is likely the problem. Okay, so then we backtrack to the water and we we're trying to figure out what's causing this, what's causing this. Turns out there was a water softener being run with, you know, a big bucket of salt running salt in and it was causing <laughs> this sediment. But there's always a reason and we always go and find that reason to check that box, to cross it off, yeah. you know, to say that this, you know, and, and from that we've, you know, refined our process, we can, we can make little tweaks. It's like my famous thing. It's a process, not an event. Like the quality control, we're adding more. I'm saying, oh, this sample was being homogenized with this. No, we're going to do two different samples. And, and we're just slowly, slowly refining the process to make it better and better and better. Yeah. No, I, I love that because you, you aren't just telling the customer, Hey, it's not our product. You're wrong. We did our quality control. We tested every input before it went into the input. And then we tested the blend after it was done by a lab by this. No, we, we did the extra mile. We did yeah, the work. I drove to the grow. Yeah. I drove to the grow. Let's dig into and it looked, and find the problem. Cause I couldn't figure it out on the phone and that, that kills me when I can't figure <laughs> it out. And yeah. so I knew if I went there, I would figure it out. And I found the water softler and there was also a, a nitrate filter. I don't have the to lab results back, but th that will be my final, okay, here's the scientific proof yeah. because here there's, there's nitrates, they're reacting with something, some, you know, yeah. there's going to be the actual scientific proof when I get the lab yeah. results back. Getting out into the field is everything. Yeah. yeah. You know, being, For being sure. there is, is everything. On Alex, on, on your side, getting out into the field and, and who you're working with, who, who's the biggest, who are the biggest clients you're working with right now? Um, I would definitely say uh, Nature or Life Science out of Sacramento. Um, they're definitely big. Um, King's Garden is another big, uh, big facility um, that just keeps adding more lights. Uh, they, you know, they they know what they're doing. Um, big, big players in the business. Um, yeah, I mean, it. Uh, been working with them over a year now. Um, because again, they you know they had, they had a good process. They had good product. Um, there was nothing really broken, um, but they knew and we knew, you know, going from five six thousand hoods to fifteen thousand hoods is is a big step. Um, you just have to minimize the workflow. You have to streamline the fertigation department. Um, you know, we can't be in the room checking pots uh for clogged drippers it's you know it's 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 a big issue and they just wanted to make it simple um because they do run a smaller crew um but it's you know one of the hardest crews i've seen you know they they are on point the sops are on point uh the way the facility it it's it's down to a schedule uh by the hour every day um so yeah pretty pretty impressed with how they they run business day to day um and it was a it was a really good collaboration uh with athena and king's garden um to really just streamline the process and make it simple and get get the workers get the guys back in the garden uh you know looking at the plant um you know trying to find problems if there is a problem um, because if we could catch a problem within a day rather than a week after it explodes or, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of, uh, you know, losing a whole run or, you know, getting it right off the bat, right when we see it by having people in the garden, uh, you know, big leafing, skirting, spreading stuff out, you know, just daily checks. So, um, you know, to move a lot of the workers from, you know, just, mixing nutrients or maintenance on dosatrons or fertigation skids is, you know, we're trying to eliminate that. And, you know, we've really done that with the pro line. So it's, 
it, it seems like small changes, but at the end of the day, it, it really speeds up, you know, the process of the facility. Um, and it really changes the overall business from start to finish, uh, which, you know, a lot of the guys don't, aren't expecting that, you know, by having a facility advisor come in, but having a facility advisor come in, we see different things than the workers, you know, on the floor in the trenches every day. So we could point things out that we see, uh, you know, that we just don't like, or we potentially want to change or just improve, just help with, just yeah. help. Um, and that's, that's all it is. Um, and again, we just, we learn off of each other. You know, there's things that we go and we don't know everything, you know, like, Ivan always says there's there's a million ways to skin a cat. You know, there's a million ways to do this. Um, not saying ours is the best or yours is the best, but it's a collaboration of what is the most cost-effective, streamlined, simple that's going to get us the best product. Yeah, um, and that's that's where we're we're really there to help. The the run that you did with them, I mean, you've been working with them for a year, right? Yeah, over. almost over a year. Yeah. Um, the run that they did on Athena. Did, I know that how many bottles were they using before, you know, eight, seven, eight, something? Eight to ten. Eight to ten. Know? Yeah. Okay. Now, going down to a four-part system, cleanse, mm -hmm. balance, clean, uh, core, and bloom, mm -hmm. did they see a difference? Did they see a negative impact on, on terps or THC or yield? I mean, I know we did that last run. How, mm -hmm. did, how was that? I mean, how did it come out? Um, overall, it was, you know with them at scale it was comparable to what they were doing before so that was the first uh you know checking the box like if we can go from a complicated organic system to a straight four part uh that's more cost effective simple we don't have to maintenance you know dosatrons monthly i mean you don't have to clean out your drip lines yeah i mean it, it yeah. you know if we could simplify it in the beginning and we could get the same results, they were, they were stoked. And then from there, we just built on top of that. You know, how can we make it more efficient? How can we get a better end product? How can we, you know, extract and get, you know, a better terpene profile with the end product? And so, again, it's an ongoing process, you know, with them and with every facility that we work with it's it's not a you know one and done here's the product this is how you use it you know i'll see you next year it's yeah. uh it's a weekly monthly quarterly you know checkup depending on what they need and you know how many tweaks and adjustments we need to make to really streamline that any facility um so you know right off the bat with them it was it was a win uh just because you know, obviously at scale, we need to hit numbers. You know, that's that's what keeps the business afloat. And quality is most important, especially for King's Garden. Yeah, I mean, quality is, you know, even if it was, yeah, quality is, it's can't stress that enough. You know, that's, we're here to produce quality flour. And, you know, that was one of their big things was, you know, can it be the same? Can it, can we see the same result? And yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's an easy question to answer. Well, the flower that you just did, I mean, it's all genetics, you know. You you just produce some of the best flower. <clears throat> We've known each other what almost ten years now yeah. almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, you produce some of the best flower I've ever seen you grow. Um, Athena Pro line, but you popped those new jungle boy seeds that I gave you Yeah. Uh, you know, a while ago. And those those packs were the best I've ever seen. I mean, have you grown better cannabis than that? No. I mean phenomenal. Like uh, you know, my thing is seeds. I, I love pheno hunting. I love popping seeds. I love seeing, you know, these different strains and how they act and, you know, which ones are strong and what, you know, really just getting into the, the deep strains of, you know, where they come from and, and how they react to, you know, different types of nutrients. And, you know, I got to give it to Ivan, you know, he, his breeding program and how he, he produces seeds, um, you know, at scale too, like the ratio of, you know, what we find out of those packs and, you know, how to determine like, okay, this is a keeper. I mean, it, you know, that was never the problem. It was like, okay, can we get at least one keeper out of this, you know, 10 or 20 pack? Now it's like, we have four to six keepers. Which one do we pick? You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, every person's different. Like, do you want this type of terpene profile or you want this type of structure, this look. Um, 
So it's, it's been harder to decide on the final product, but it, it's, it's a really good pro it's a really good problem to have, um, at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. You know, they, they pheno hunt their males. They pheno, I mean, they spend the most time, you know, in the lab on, on getting those right. So yeah, there are R and D guys that just take R and D to the next level, oh, yeah. which I respect the most. It's, uh, yeah. you know, they, they're, they're willing to spend the time and money and you know, that just shows, you know, who they are and, and how they built a business and where they're at today. It, you know, that R and D time and money, a lot of people maybe put into it, but they put into it at just a, a different level, um, that we've seen results and, you know, everyone on, you know, looking at them and buying their product, it's, it's phenomenal product. Yeah. The, I don't think there's anybody that's given more packs of jungle boy seeds away than, than myself. Yeah. Um, so, hands down. <laughs> so hands down. Um, and I, you know, I'm, I'll be at a you know, MJ BizCon and, you know, we, we were at MJ BizCon with Ivan and this guy came up and a pack of seeds I gave him and opened up a jar and it's the, some of the best we've ever seen i was like ivan is that what your seeds are doing he's like yeah i'm just like oh my god yeah like it is insane what those those packs of seeds yeah i mean you know i'm I'm a better grower you know today than i was 10 years ago but a lot of that has to do you know coming back to what we were talking about genetics i mean genetics is you know the foundation you know of the industry and if we have a solid foundation we could build off of that i mean the sky's the limit so just getting starting with a solid foundation of genetics nutrients and then then we could get technical you know then we could get into crop steering we could get into drybacks we could get into really you know programming the plant like i said in the beginning and you know hitting it with different cues throughout the process of vegetative and generative phases which is is again taking it taaking the plant to another level which yeah and all that stuff's strain specific too and yeah so hundred percent yeah it just, it just the 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 levels of knowledge around each thing just grow and grow and for me you know i've always i i haven't been that pheno hunter guy i've always been the let your the buddies science. do that yeah. and find the one and just try to grow as much of it as i can so <laughs> yeah. it's 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 great to be in this group and to be able to you know to really finally l- learn a more and more and more every day again you know it reminds me of being back in you know the beginning parts of when i was starting to do commercial cannabis it was like every day you were just learning and learning and learning and it, and i got sort of to a plateau and now here i'm just there's all these new sources to pick knowledge from. And it's the dream team. I mean, that's what I always say. It's the dream team. You know, we all have our strengths in what we do and we're able to bring it together. And it's, it's really meshing and working, you know, it's taking the the industry to another level, um, which is, which is great to see, you know? Yeah. I mean, I've always thought that, that fertilizer should be a service and not just a prod sing. And that's why guys are always reluctant to switch is because they're like, I know this, I put these things, it's the same every time. And like, it's a, it's a, it's a level of comfort, but if you're not adapting and you're not changing, like you're not going to be in the same place you were, you know, a few years from now, because everyone else around you is adapting and changing and proving constantly. Is Ivan doing the same thing he was doing a few years ago? No, it's constantly, if there's a better way to do it and there's a way to find it, we're going to find it and we're going to change what we're doing to do it better. hundred percent. And yep. it's not always adding the extra bottle. It's, it's kind of actually taking it away. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, you know, keeping it simple, you yeah. know, yeah. I, everybody told me I couldn't do it because I came from just a two part mix and they're like, Oh, that, that salts, that stuff won't work. You can't yeah, do that. that. Won't, and that won't and the more people told me I can't after a while, I was like, Oh no, you can. Mm-hmm. And then I was over there growing bell peppers, reading Ivan's page and watching him, you know, be really pragmatic or, or, you know, that whole concept of Kaizen of always changing, of always improving. And he was finding new ways. And, and what I saw was a lot of them were coming into my world, into the multiple irrigations a day, the small, tiny drippers, the, mm-hmm. you know, micro irrigations, the stacking, the, 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 the drybacks, like all that stuff that has gone on in the commercial, you know, cultivation of, 
bell peppers, tomatoes, you know, all of these for, for years. And so I was, I was trying to bring these techniques and I was getting a lot of resistance and Ivan was always my little like burgeon of hope to watch, but like, no, he's going that direction. Like yeah. that's the direction I'm already in, like go that direction too. And so it's, it's always been kind of solidifying like, where you're, where you're yeah, at. Yeah. 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 Sometimes yeah. you need that. Yeah, you, you need know. that little reassurance. And for these guys that are going from using something else, like if they can talk to Alex uh, or, or if you're in a greenhouse, if you can talk to me, you know, I've used that specific thing for a long time in this environment. I can make it sing. I can make it yeah. sing in your environment. Mm -hmm. You just need to, you know, be open to, to, to changing it and we'll lower your cost profile. And we're lower, like number one cost profile in production is labor. And if you can lower the amount of touches, lower amount of mixing you need to do, of uh, messing with things, it, it, it saves you money. It streamlines its cost. Yeah. I want to take it all the way back to King's Garden and their organic mix that they're using, you know, and going from an organic mix to a full salt mix. This, this question is for you, Henry. I mean, back four or five years ago, you know, being from the industry and, and kind of growing up through you know garages and yeah. bedrooms and whatnot you know i i was always under the assumption that hey you need to add an organic input you need to add sweet raw from you know or sweet with blueberries or bud candy some and bud, candy, bud hardener but you know all well, more of on the more of on the sweetener side and 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 the organic side if you would ask me hey higher terp profile higher thc you got to add an organic input, right? Mm -hmm. It's a must. Mm -hmm. You, you got to have your organic input. You got to add your sweetener to get that flavor. You know, King's Garden didn't see any decrease in quality terp or THC with using just a straight salt line. For you, Henry, I mean, why? Because you're the one that's educated here, right? I mean, we, yeah. we all think we know what we're talking about. Well, we really don't. But you actually do. So well, why, what is it that, confidence in me, but, but. I mean, what, what is it that creates, I mean, what is it in the, in the pro line that's creating that high THC? I mean, there's, there's multiple different things, but one of the, the big things that, that our line has that not as many other lines have the same levels of are sulfates. Okay. And sulfates are the primary enzyme driver for both cannabinoid production, crystallization and oil production. Okay. And so we have a higher level of sulfates, which is what I believe is leading to that extra, that extra crystallization, the extra frost that, that everybody's reporting that nice clean white ash at the end, you know, we're helping with techniques to flush, to, to keep those levels high at the end. And really what was happening before is everybody was using organics or some sort of like compost tea, which is essentially putting organics in a, in your root zone. Okay. And then those sugars are food for microbes. Okay. And the way organics work is they start as poop as insoluble organic nutrients. And then microbes convert that from nitrite into nitrate. Okay. And then the plants can uptake it. And so what those sugars were doing was people were going, Oh, I'm going to feed, you know, hydroponic nutrient. Then I'm going to feed one water and then one tea, you know, and you were seeing people put tea in. Well, that tea was putting organics into the root zone those sugars were solubilizing that organics and really what they were doing was giving extra nutrients to the plants during flush, which was creating the same thing. Well, we'll just run a lower level and the, the levels are the exact same. So, so organics versus hydroponics, you know, if you can achieve the sa same exact levels, it's cleaner, it's safer for your plants to do it in hydroponics because soil holds 90% of plant-borne diseases. Most of them are soil-borne. So the whole idea of soilless and hydroponic is that you're getting chances for bad things, bad pathogens, pythium, you know, uh, other things, fusarium that can go on in your root zone. If you're in a sterile environment, they don't happen as much, okay, without being put there. So if you put an organic, you're putting something like that in your root zone, and that doesn't have perfect, you know, environment, you know, it gets too hot, something, you know, you can cause, you know, problems in your plant. And so if you can eliminate that in a sterile environment and create the exact same nutrient profile, the plant knows no difference between uptaking, you know, a synthetically derived nitrogen versus, you know, it coming from guano. Or an organic, organic driven. Yeah, an organic nitrogen. driven. Yeah, because I started as 
you know, I wanted to have in vegetables, I wanted to have certified organic. You know, everybody, you know, you can sell your vegetables for twice as much. It sounds great. All the moms in Encinitas were very happy with me. I was organic, <laughs> whatever. Um, but what I found was that all the organic inputs, all the work that I was doing was twice as expensive. And, and I finally switched to salts and my yields quintupled and my cost profile went in half. Okay. And in the end, you know, I'm not, you know, super altruistic. I'm not trying to serve some God. I'm, I'm more into high performance. Okay. And commercial agriculture is trying to get the best performance and have the best bottom line. If you're not in it for that, you know, you know, why are you in it? You know, it's not a hobby. You know, once we get it to this point, you know, mm -hmm. you're trying to get the best results and it's cheaper to do it in a hydroponic environment and there's less problems. Yeah. Back to, you know, the sweetener though, you know, you have all these companies, right? The, the, the blueberry and all this stuff, right? I mean, we're always under this assumption that, wow, you know, this is going to, you know, change the, the, the THC or it's going to increase the aroma. It's going to increase bag appeal and smell. This is all false. Most of it's technique, honestly. Most of them are, is technique towards the end of the plant. It's, it's all pretty much false. If you put it into an environment that doesn't already have organics, like a totally sterile environment, it does nothing but clog up your drip lines. Um, it yep. doesn't get solu it doesn't solubilize anything, doesn't get uptaken by the plant. So if you're using a salt mix and you're using sweet raw, raw with an no. inert media. Yeah, it's just wasting it. Wasting it. You're yeah. just throwing it down the drain. Yeah, you're not going to increase turf profile. You're not going to increase Yeah, and smell. probably what happened is somebody used that and then that was the run where he got the perfect drybacks right at the end and he goes, see, see, look, 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 you know, and, and, and that's a problem is that a lot of people are making these reactions and these claims to what happened on their most recent run. They're not like doing it in a controlled environment mm -hmm. and and taking the data and then making some analysis. They're like, oh, bro, that was fire. That's all you hear. And, the and best run it was, I oh, yeah, had. I used sweet raw that time. And it was, you know, you know, I heard some old-time grower tell me he used to put country time lemonade in his, in his freaking reservoir. <laughs> and I was just like, <laughs> what? And I was like, well, it's a sugar source for microbes. And he was like, what, what do you mean? It's just it's the lemon. It's making it lemon. And I'm just like, okay. You know, no. um, and so... <laughs> So there's, there's lots of misnomers. There's lots of things that happened from the, uh, you know, from the, the good old days that, that had to happen. It had, yeah. to, had to get here. It had to, you know, but now we're seeing more commercial agriculture techniques as it's scaled up. And know? then it goes back to genetics. You know, the genetics yeah. is the makeup. You know, it has its built-in terpene profile. And it really, like Brandon said, it, it comes all the way back down to technique. You know, how you're treating that plant, how you're programming yeah. it, how... What, yeah. what so signals are you sending it, you know, to really push the potential of that genetic to its maximum potential, you yeah. know, to allow it to do its thing and not continuously mess with it, try to tweak it, you know, it's, it's in its perfect form. You know, if you yeah. can pheno hunt and you can find that one all, um, mm. you know, at that point, then you could go and start building from there and, and getting that technique down and, and that dry back and, and really allowing the plant to do what it can do on its own and, and having us step back and keep it simple mm -hmm. and really control the environment and, and consistency. That's, that's really what I speak on the most is just the most consistent garden you could keep is is huge you know the yeah the same feed and the more know? that scales up the more that's crucial that your yeah your SOPs and it's consistency mm -hmm. don't know. change it don't yeah, yeah. and if you're doing we're talking about this adapting and changing like like we're not doing this in the commercial environment we're doing this in a smaller environment and experimenting all of our changing and all of our science and 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 running trials is done you know, first in a small environment, then it's scaled up to a production environment. Once mm -hmm. we look at that, you're not just trying new stuff in your bread and butter in the, in the run that you need. To, uh, you can't, you, you, you can't. don't, you don't do that. It's, so, it's so, expensive. You know, it's, yeah. it's extremely expensive to cultivate cannabis, you know? Yeah. So that's why we have R and D rooms, you know, we're, mm -hmm. we're making the changes, the tweaks there, and then we could take it to scale. Um, mm -hmm. it is really yeah. one, two yeah. step. So you got to try it. And if you're, you know, a 20 light guy try with one light yeah. and see it then 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 that does get scaled up to your 20 lights once you've proven that it that it matters 100 percent. yeah but at the same time we kind of did all the work with athena 
you know yeah it took, <laughs> no it, it yeah, took us three years to figure that out you know with with you know but 100 percent. i mean if you're gonna do something you know maybe foiler feed you know one lie or check one thing but don't add anything to the root zone no definitely not no that's that's where you just keep it sterile keep it simple you know if there's anything that you want to do to it uh you know like you're saying play with the ec is yeah. the biggest the biggest yeah. thing you can do if you want to change anything um you know you, you you change your ec and with changing your ec you need to change your irrigation technique and mainly your drybacks and then yeah 100%. as you increase your ec those drybacks have to be managed with you know much more high touch you know you need yeah. to really be you know the, the more you're pushing these levels to try to get that perfect run to optimize whether you're pushing ec pushing your dry backs farther and farther mm -hmm. the more danger of a screw up there is yeah okay? it, it gets a so, slimmer chance of you know something going wrong you know you yeah. go below 30 percent you know moisture content in your pot and you know you'll yeah. see 20 plus ec yeah and if you're know. not lowering the ec before you do that it's like the, the killer bad combo is high ec in the root zone and then dry it down too far oh yeah you know it's that's over. that's the, the burn it overnight combo that's why yeah. that's pretty much why people flush is yeah. because you want to increase those dry downs as you move along towards you know finished flower you know you're increasing the dry backs and so if you go into flush and you increase those dry backs like it's not as detrimental to the plant to dry down further when there's a lower ec in the root zone yeah 100 percent um Talking about irrigation strategy and your, and your greenhouse advisor, I mean, we we brought you on to, you know, we don't, we do quite a few greenhouses, but that's not our main focus. Mm -hmm. But the ones that you have been working on, irrigation strategy is different in a greenhouse environment than an indoor environment. Can you explain why and what you have to deal with in a greenhouse compared to an indoor environment? Yeah, I've, I've grown in all three environments and greenhouses, you know, undoubtedly the most challenging um you know the the indoor environment um you have complete control you know have complete control over your everything you know, temperature humidity light yeah. whatever and so you can just peg your vpd mm -hmm. and it's it's sort of then you can most of the time you know manage the other factors okay yep. well in a greenhouse it just adds a whole another level of variables um whether it's you know managing humidity managing you know low light temperature you know the these things are just um you know unless you got a six million dollar you know glass venlo greenhouse like you know you're going to have more variability and so so you need to be adaptive with your irrigation to meet those needs you know and, and really the and weather if it's hot that it's day really, or if it's and, foggy. and you need to really be ahead of the weather you need to be yeah you know, a weather forecaster to know that, <laughs> oh, it's going to start getting cloudy uh, on third. What's today? Today's Tuesday, Thursday, it's going to start getting cloudy. Well, I need to make sure that I have my plants dried back before then when I have light. Yeah. Okay. If you end up over irrigating, forgetting to change your irrigation schedule and reduce your, reduce either your amounts or the, the duration. We usually don't change shot size that much. We mostly change duration to, ma yep. to manage water content and drybacks. Um, and so you're going to really reduce the frequency when, like prior to that. And you're going to want to make sure that your plants are dried down or in a condition to where you could dry them down. Because if they're yeah. oversaturated and you're coming into a week of gray and cold, like forget they're it. They're going to stall out. Forget it. They're going to stall out. They're yeah. going to lock out. They're going to sit there. And so, so a lot of it is being adapted to that. And so the main techniques you're going to run into, okay, we're going to have a heat wave or we're going to have, you know, a cold spell. Heat waves are usually, you know, combined with high light, high heat, um, and sometimes that heat inside of a greenhouse, that would mean low humidity too. Mm -hmm. so, so, you know, the VPD chart that everybody uses was originally developed in the greenhouse industry because of these fluctuations. So if you have higher heat, you might need to add humidity yeah. to try to lower that difference between the temperature and the humidity, For okay? Sure. Um, you know, you might do that, at once you're cooling and adding humidity with a cool wall you know so so you're doing all these things to manage the environment but when you have high heat okay low humidity your plants are going to transpire way more okay so what does this mean that they need more water to run through the system they're cooling themselves okay so while they're doing that they're uptaking the same amount of nutrients so you will need to lower your ec in this this equation so you might run two gallons of water through the plant that day while it's cooling itself but if you run it at a lower EC, it's equivalent of a day where it's not as hot, 
um, running only a gallon of water through it. Okay. Yeah. So so you're getting the so you'll lower the EC and the plant will have this sort of finite amount of uptake that that it can achieve. All right. And so you'll lower the EC. You'll fe you'll feed more frequently. Keep the root zone and the water content higher so the plant can just transpire and cool itself. Okay. So that's that's the one technique. Then the other is it's going to be cold. All right, and and uh, it's going to be lower light. It's going to be cloudy if you don't have a you know sophisticated lighted greenhouse with a you know integrated PAR sensor that will you know take your DLI and figure out <laughs> you know how much light to add because that does exist yep. on the high end. You know you you'll put you know Lux lights everywhere in the greenhouse and hook it into an Apogee PAR meter and you know math will be done to figure out okay in this square meter this many photons hit. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so we need to add X amount of supplemental light to make up for that. Yep. Okay. In those situations, it's more like an indoor cultivation environment. But the main, the main differences in irrigation strategy is that you're going to manage your, your, your distance between irrigations and your EC level way more than you are in a consistent environment like indoor. And so that's why, you know, I was brought in. I think I Brandon, you know, walked in like what I say was like a, the, the perfect time for him to walk into my career because we were in a, in, in a big, I used to run a big um, nursery in San Diego where it was, you know, partnered with a big 200 acre normal nursery that did, you know, bedding plants for the, you know, horticultural industry, you know, tons of employees. And we, you know, had a 50,000 square foot propagation facility. We were able to knock out 35,000 clones a day. By, hold on, hold on, wait, real quick. How many, <laughs> how many, how many people? There was probably 18 or 19, but 12 or 13 sticking those clones. And, and these are ladies that have been, you know, propagating. 33,000 cuts. That's yeah. heavy. Yeah. They, they've a been day. propagating easy, other plants their a whole day. life. So, <laughs> so the, the credit really is in the workers, not me well, or anything I did. Um, you know, these people have been, you know, making sun patients or pansies or whatever for your yard. These ladies get, you know, hundreds of thousands in cuts and make them and, 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 you know, the, the speed at which that this nursery staff was able to adapt to it was just amazing. So, yeah. so like hats off to, to, you know, the workers really. Yeah. Yeah. Hence why we have a greenhouse advisor. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. So he walked in the middle of me. He was like, ah, like I, uh, I have to change what I'm doing. And, yeah. um, and we, you know, developed a friendship over the years and, and, um, you know, jungle boys and, and people like Alex, like pretty much everyone who I look around the room could run a thousand light grow, yeah. you know? Um, so your knowledge on the indoor, like I, you know, I ran indoor cultivation for probably five years, you know, like the, the death of experience over there, but you know, on the greenhouse side, you know, I have sort of specific experience from the, from the commercial, you know, cultivation of vegetables as well as cannabis. And then there was a lot of time, in between there where all I was doing was was transitioning people from indoor growers to greenhouse because invariably everybody goes from indoor to greenhouse and struggles because they're not managing humidity and they get bud rot they're not managing the irrigation strategy and I would I so I came as a consultant and started transitioning these people which is basically what I'm doing at Athena and so I'm I'm here for anybody if you use Athena on a commercial scale and you're in a greenhouse like I'm here for you to help, you know, whether it's irrigation strategy, whether it's, you know, how are we going to set up this irrigation system? Like how much airflow do I need? You know, my HAF fans, whatever it is, like in a greenhouse, I can help you. I can come out to your facility, you know, help you work through it. And yeah, that's yeah. big. It's that's huge. huge. It's huge because there's no way you can put Alex in front of a greenhouse. I mean, I'm sorry, Alex. I, I mean, it. you can, but you probably yeah. don't want to. Yeah, you don't want to. <laughs> you know? It's completely no. different. And I'm know? learning it too. You know, since, yeah. since Hen Henry's been on, you know, we've definitely have gotten together, uh, collabed on a few different. Yeah, we um, went to a pretty big greenhouse together. Yeah. Um, and it, it was, uh, you know, like I say, coming to work here was great because we were like finishing each other's sentences about, you know, what was going on in the plant. I was like, oh, I'm finally home. You know, yeah. bringing indoor and greenhouse together with both yeah. of our backgrounds, it, it, yeah. it really works out in the field, you know, yeah. visiting these guys, you know, I see things that he doesn't and he sees things that I don't. And, yeah. you know, bringing that together, 
uh, you know, the cultivator, the owner, whoever's running that farm is, is like, wow, like this is, you guys are both working together and it, it make everything you're saying makes sense. You know, yeah. it's, it's merging together. It's Cause it's very not, well. it's not, it doesn't come from a, you know, a sale size is yeah. organically like it's from our experiences as growers. Yeah. We've been know? in the trenches. This is what, yeah. this is what no, we the do. The first two years when I, when I grew bell peppers, I worked 700 days in a row, no break. Yeah. Like, and, and that's what it takes. You know, it reminds mm -hmm. me, I had yeah. a long wall street career before this. Like the guys that were successful in the hedge fund industry are the same guys that are successful over here. The yeah. guys that have worked, there's, you know, juice from the jungle boys. He's worked for like, you know, 16 years, 12 days, you know, 12 days a week, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. 12 hours a day. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know what I mean? It, it takes that kind of work ethic. It takes that kind of commitment to really thrive in this industry. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's good to see that, that, you know, we're, we're, we're all cultivating that kind of culture and trying to, you know, to help, help people. Because, you know, when I was reaching out, when I was a commercial grower, there, there wasn't, really anybody to talk to that I wasn't just getting straight BS or just folklore. You know, I had to resort to looking at, you know, Form. university papers and forms online. Yeah. Oh, not right. even for like, I thought even a lot <laughs> of that didn't work for me as, as yeah. I wanted to, I found university research, you know, there's yep. a lot of good research out of um, university of Florida's greenhouse program, mm -hmm. UC Davis, Cal Poly, you know, and you'll get some guy who's had a master's thesis in this, and then you can get real data. Yeah. You know, you're sure. not getting this bro folklore about what works and what not. And here we can have real data. We tested on 5,000 lights with, with either King's garden or the jungle boys. And the more we do this, you know, the more we can refine this whole thing and make it easier and eventually cheaper for everybody too. Yeah, Because the bottom line, you know, does matter. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's something I'm super proud to be a part of. You know, I, I've never felt so at home with my team as well. You know, cool. just, yeah, we're always on the same page. There's no, you know, we're, there's no like, oh, bro, you should add this. And it's, it's, we're always on the same page. We're never on, on every level too. When, you know, when it comes to SOPs, you know, bug management, mm -hmm. pest management. Yeah, uh, another thing that's crazy in the greenhouse compared. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is, uh, I mean, IPM. it's, you're dealing with the environments and you know, it's, stuff gets in you know it's yeah. it's easy to get into that yeah greenhouse. No, you have it's, to be preventative to a whole another level in a greenhouse if yeah. you're considering transitioning from you know indoor to a greenhouse get ready you know yeah. <laughs> um because it's it's you know you you have to be preventative you have to be using beneficial insects as well as multiple sprays and and rotating them yeah you know so that so you know we can help you if you're if you're a greenhouse cultivator or you're coming from indoor to greenhouse, you know, hit me up. Um, it's a big and, change yeah. for sure. Yeah. And it's free. Yeah. And and it's free. Do is, yeah. All you gotta do is buy the nutrients. Everyone's like, well, how much does it cost to have you guys come out? I'm like, oh, we just got buy the you. nutrients and it we're comes here. With, yeah, Let's exactly. Go. Yeah. The you know. first, the first time that's ever happened. Um, yeah. to, to close it all out, you know, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, one piece of Alex, one piece of advice, you know, while using the Athena program, that you can give cultivators out there? Um, you know, we've done, we've done all the hard work, you know, we've done the R and D we've spent, you know, endless hours and endless amounts of money on refining, you know, how we're feeding this plant and, um, you know, keep it simple, trust the program, you know, that's, that's why we built it. Uh, it's, it's what we back. Um, it's proven, it works, it's simple, it's cost effective. Um, you know, again, it's just streamlining, you know, the fertigation process, irrigation process to just simplified, you know, very easy. And, uh, you know, we just always fall back on, um, you know, the, the program wasn't built overnight the program was built over the last decade or two, you know, from us, you know, failing and, you know, we failed, but it was good because we knew what not to do and what direction to head. And it's a, uh, it's a program that works. It's a program that, you know, I'm very proud of. I know everyone else is here too. Um, it works. And, uh, you know, we just want to share that with as many people as possible. You know, that was kind of, 
the stigma, you know, back in the day, like, you know, yeah, I get four or five pounds of light, but that's kind of my secret sauce. I'm not going to tell you. Yeah. And it's, yeah. you know, it's, uh, yeah. times have changed. Um, you know, we want to see these places succeed, you know, there, even if it's not a homie that, you know, has a license that got into it, you know, I, I don't care who it is, you know, I want to, it's, it, it's hard you know, to grow, it's not cheap. And if we could minimize that and really work together and see that facility, you know, produce and excel and be profitable and, you know, be in the game for why we got in the game for, you know, the passion of it and the end product uh, and get to the finish line together is, is really what it's about at this point. Um, just bringing people together, bringing the, the community back together and, uh, you know, there, there's no, there's no secrets or trade secrets really anymore. It's everything's on the table. And, um, we really, you know, back that and want to support that. You know, if you're in, uh, you know, Florida, Oklahoma, Michigan, California, it doesn't matter where you're at, you know, Puerto Rico, Canada, you know, we, we have expanded to all these places and we'll continue to expand, but it's, uh, it doesn't matter where you're at. You know, we just want to, teach the program, um, you know, let you guys know that it works. Um, you're not going to fry your plants. You know, there's a new technique and, yeah. uh, you know, just come together is, is really what it's about for me. Sick. That's sick. Yeah. No, I appreciate you guys. I'm really proud of the, uh, facility advisor team. You yeah. Know, we have some amazing people involved. Henry, you, Max, we just brought on Ryan for the Colorado region. JJ. Um, JJ. JJ for Southern California. Mm -hmm. I mean, these guys, are, Brian for Brian. Oklahoma. Dream team. I mean, these guys are killers. Yep. They're killers. All these guys have been growing cannabis for 15 plus years. Yep. You know, they all understand EC. They all mm -hmm. understand dryback. They're all getting trained by Roach and Ivan over at Jungle Boys. They're getting trained, you know, by King's Garden. I mean, we're always mm -hmm. learning something. We're always... Every day. And that's the thing about the a facility advisor mindset. It's It's not that hey we know more or, or do we, it this way or do it this way it's it's hey let's figure it out together and and i think that we we did a really good job on building a team that's optimistic mm -hmm. and kind of um is open to to new ideas but but also really knows it from experience and, yeah, for and sure. knows by doing and yeah. not by what they read or what yeah. they heard or what we they know think from they, killing plants i mean yeah. it's pretty much <laughs> yeah. how everybody really really has to learn you know, yeah. and if we can help share that knowledge, you know, that's, that's what we're here for. Yeah. And really being open-minded, you know, the, the, yeah. the facility advisors, you know, we're going into different facilities, you know, weekly and not every facility is the same. They're completely different. You know, uh, yeah, they have just, different resources. They have different, you know, there's certain amount of change you could do at some place. And then, yeah. you know, if they don't have irrigation, like you're not going to be able to, teach them how to do drybacks, you yeah, know, and with yeah. 14 irrigations a day, hand wearing, yeah. you know. So there is certain limitations, but, you know, it's like, um, and, and that's the thing about it is that I hear from, you know, my first response from a couple of people is, you know, we're just there sharing all the knowledge. They're like, well, you're not sharing all the knowledge, blah, 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 blah. You know, you got to keep some back. And I'm like, no, not really. I was like, because, <laughs> you know, think about it as being a chef, you know. Like you could send someone to chef school, you can give them all the same ingredients, but there's this guy over here that's worked harder, been doing it longer and perfected his craft and you'll never cook like Jacques Pepin, you know, you'll never, you never will, yeah. you, know, you know, and, and so, so sharing all that knowledge doesn't mean that everybody's going to have the success. I have, you know, people that have, you know, worked with me for years and done stuff is just share all the knowledge and stop being afraid that somebody's going to steal your secret sauce, yeah. you know, because they're not, you're the secret sauce, Yeah. you yeah. know, and, and, and we're just trying to to help you together figure out how to get to your best potential because we've already figured out the plant's best potential, you know, and we've proved it. And so, so now we need to help bring that to you and then you can refine your craft and you can one day become a King's Garden. How we could mold the Athena program to your facility. You yeah, because exactly. they're all different, and that's that's really yeah. What and it's we're there the switch do. is different. If it's a guy going from another powder nutrient, the switch is yeah. is easier. If it's a guy going from multiple bottles, but the the organic switch to this side is is probably the biggest the leap. Big but yeah. but I'm not seeing a lot of large scale organic cultivations that that are successful. They're going to be 
smaller scale, more high touch. It requires more work. It requires more monitoring. It's slower. Yeah. Or, organic growers are better growers than salt growers. I, yeah, I, I mean, it just... It, it's hard. It's yeah, I didn't hack it. It's I mean, basically it's, what I said. I, I respect. Yeah, 100%. You know. got to respect the organic yeah. grower. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they have to be three three months ahead. Yeah. yeah. You have you know, they have to make sure that that media, whatever they're producing in that in that root zone, is way ahead mm-hmm. of, of where they need to be. With a salt grower, it's like, bam. There. Yeah, I can I flush it out, change it. It's yeah. fixed. You, you're, you know? they're so much better, and, and that's it's nothing against organic guys. You know, no, they're better growers than us. Yeah, better it's growers a harder science. It's harder to perfect. Is yes, really why. And harder. you need data like, to like, rely on. You know, you need yeah. soil analysis, tissue yeah. analysis weekly yeah. to be able to say, you know, what's the game plan for the next week? And you know, with salt, yeah. we just don't have to do that. We don't yeah. have the time to do that. Yeah, yeah. and it's expensive. So, yeah. you know, that's that's really where we've you know, kind of cut all that out and... Yeah. I mean, there's two different best kind of cars. Like if you're in a drag race or or if you're trying to commute to work, they're two different cars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and um, you know... They all have their place. Yeah. Commercial cultivation is a race. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. All right. Appreciate you guys. 